On today's show, to close out 2022 and welcome 2023, we're going to offer some things you should keep an eye on if you're planning to retire next year. Welcome in to your retirement with Sam Jones. Welcome to your retirement. I'm Chuck Caton, along with the fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies. And we're talking Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel. We've got the full studio here. And uh, we are going to talk about uh, 2023, which could be the worst year for retirement since the Great Recession, or at least since 08 or 09. But there's no need to panic uh, because uh, the uh, folks at Dual Financial Strategies has some solid planning tips to help you retire in a bear market. And it's not B-A-R-E, it's uh, B-E-A-R, right, Sam? I mean, that is correct. All yes. right, you've got your clothes on because it's a little frigid this weekend, isn't it, over there? So, Well, it's Wisconsin in December going into January, so it's always frigid. There you go. All right, so uh, let's talk about um, something that we've discussed so many times before, and that is sequence of returns risk because that yeah. is something that could kill you if you don't understand it. Well, and that's the thing. You just have to understand it. So basically – Sequence of returns is a fancy term that financial advisors have been using for years. They started talking about this in about 1994. Um, and it sounds like it's obscure, but it's actually it's imperative that you understand what sequence of returns is because it has a direct bearing on your long-term wealth. It has a direct bearing on your long-term uh, ability to have your portfolio generate income for you, which is what uh, which is what's going on. So, uh, 2023 is going to be especially important for you to pay attention to uh, because there's 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 basically no question we're probably still going to be in some type of a bear market. But here's the simple version of sequence of returns: at some point during your 25 plus years in retirement, there will be at least one bear market. A bear market that has substance to it. That's a significant bear market. And your finances long term are much worse off if that bear market slump occurs at the outset of your retirement rather than in the middle or at the end. There's a lot of charts that we could show you uh, about sequence of returns. But just remember, when you lose money, Making or losing, all right? But let's just talk about the losing part. When you lose money, and if you're in the market, folks, you're going to lose money at some point in time. It's the stock market. It is not a guaranteed net sum gain market. You will, in fact, lose money in the stock market at some point. When you lose it in the sequence of your retirement is what's most critical. Yeah, it's uh, very true, and uh, you just got to be careful. And as you say, it's uh, the simple thing is if the market's down 20% and you want to take out 5% of your uh, uh, portfolio at the time, that you're losing 25% if you don't do it properly. So, all right, uh, you can say losing is uh, part of uh, the stock market game, but, Andy, losing your fear of inflation would actually be a good thing. Potentially, yes. And, you know, I mean, let's face it, nothing strikes as much fear into the hearts of retirees as inflation, for good reason. The best laid retirement plans can be wrecked by the rapid decline in value of the dollars you've socked away in your golden years. I mean, let's face it, what do we hear on the news all the time right now? Inflation, 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 inflation. And how do they sell their, you know, sales as far as the news media is concerned, fear sells. So, of course, they're going to capture as much of that fear as they can. But not all inflation is created equal. 
The Consumer Price Index, for example, attempts to capture the activity of all U.S. consumers, but that's not exactly you. Retired Americans should worry more about local property taxes raising, costs of health care raising. It's important not to let the emotional part of inflation um, situate and the and dictate your real-world financial choices. So the average CPI inflation won't likely remain 7 or 8% through 2050, but it's probably not going to be as low as 2% either. Yeah, so we, it's important that we that we take a look at all of the options that are out there and look at each individual situation. You're all snowflakes. Everybody's different. You have similar concerns. You have similar needs. You need income. And we have to balance that against what expenses you have. But at the end of the day, um, we have to evaluate how inflation will actually affect your retirement savings. All right. So that begs the question. So uh, how are Americans dealing with all of this? Uh, Jamie Dimon, who's the CEO of J.P. Morgan, says, look at the numbers. And the story they will tell. If you look in the short run, the consumer is spending 10% more than last year and 40% more than pre-COVID. That's a tremendous sum of money, and they have a trillion and a half dollars still in their checking accounts more than pre-COVID. So the spending is down. That's the good news. The other news, which is not good, is that rates are now, you know, 4% on their way to 5. Uh, inflation is eroding everything I just said. And that a trillion and a half dollars will run out sometime mid-year next year. And so when you're looking out forward, those things may very well derail the economy and cause this mild or hard recession that people are worried about. All right. So, uh, Luke, let's be ready for retirement maybe a little earlier than expected. Yeah. I mean, I think it doesn't hurt to sort of prepare for the worst, if you will, um, and the worst being retiring a little bit early. I mean, if you you know, start the planning process and you can determine that you can step away earlier, um, that's powerful information for you to have. And the Employee Benefit Research Institute, the EBRI, has consistently found that a significant percentage of American retirees leave the workforce earlier than maybe even they planned. And that's broken out by a variety of different categories. Some people, you know, they're it's kind of out of their realm of, of control. Maybe it's a health health related problem that we've seen with that study. About a third of, of retirees have to leave due to health related concerns. And another third um, say they can afford to retire early. Maybe it's a new realization. Maybe they're in better position than they thought they were. But either way, it's really important that you start to factor in and consider whether you're ready to retire early or not. All right, we're on uh, your retirement. We're talking about uh, preparing for, well, the inflation that we've seen, the uh, costs that are going up. And uh, Sam, uh, one of the things you can do is if you don't want to retire early, um, delay taking Social Security if you can, because that can be a benefit. And especially uh, for those who are going to be collecting in a couple of weeks or so, they're going to get that 8%, uh, 8.7% raise. Yeah, there was a, a significant cost of living adjustment in Social Security this year, but there's also been a significant amount of inflation as well. So, right. uh, you know, you kind of <clears throat> give it to you with one hand, take it away from you with the other. Um, any discussion about Social Security? One of, the, one of the challenges that we face when talking with people about Social Security is that too often uh, people talk about Social Security in a vacuum. Uh, they don't talk about anything surrounding Social Security. And what I mean by that is, what is the significance of your other savings? In particular, how much do you have in your IRAs, in your non-Roth IRAs and 401ks? You also have to talk about taxes, both current taxes and future tax implications. You might want to delay taking Social Security in order to spend down 
your 401k or IRA balances if we believe we may be in a rising tax environment. There's a lot of different things that have to go into that have to go into to, to uh, the thought process on this. One of the things I would tell you uh, is that the calculators that you see online and that you use online are basically useless. They're of zero value to you because they all have one inherent flaw in them that makes the data that comes out the backside of it absolutely of zero value when you're trying to optimize. That being that the number one question you have to answer is, when are you going to die? And since none of us can answer that question, the data input on a Social Security optimization program is of zero value to you because there's nothing to optimize if we don't know when we're going to die. Yeah. But sit down with your advisor, have a conversation that surrounds taxes, that surrounds other uh, financial um, uh, resources that you have to go to, and then start talking about Social Security and remove the emotion from when you're going to take Social Security. It's a guaranteed income source. It's a wonderful thing to have, but it is no different than your 401k. It's no different than your savings account. It is money that's available to you. Remove the emotion from it, and you'll make a much better decision. You mean I can't go to a psychic and uh, understand when I'm going to uh, kick the bucket, I guess? No, uh, you know what? The problem with this is that there's an awful lot of financial advisors that you could sit down across from, Chuck, that will... Uh, that will convince you that they have the answer on when to take social security. And I'm telling you right now, they're lying because they they're lying to themselves or lying to you because there isn't a financial advisor or a software program on the face of this planet that can tell you with any degree of certainty with actually with no degree of certainty, when is the best quote unquote optimal time to take social security because absent knowing how long you're going to live, it's an impossible question to answer. All right, and very quickly, Luke, we've got about 30 seconds. Uh, you got to worry about health care, too. If you want to retire in this environment, health care is something you got to look at, especially if you're not 65 yet. Yeah, health care is a really big piece of the retirement equation. Um, most of you probably know as you get to 65, that's when you're eligible for Medicare to sign up. You want to do that a few months ahead of time so that that can kick in. But that's just the first sort of... Um, the first step, there's multiple steps after that because, you know, the healthcare costs are going to rise. Um, you know, it's estimated that, you know, you'll spend in excess of about $315,000 as a married couple here in the United States. So where's those added benefits going to come from? Um, I'd say you want to find a, a Medicare specialist, someone that focuses on Medicare that can help fill in those gaps. We do have someone in the office named Lake that can help if you're looking for another resource to get another opinion on that really important area. All right, uh, so Sam, what can you do for our listeners? Well, the biggest thing we need to do at this point in time, when you're, uh, if you're in that retirement red zone, let's say that you're gonna retire within the next two to three years, or you're right at the door of it, uh, or you've been retired because they've announced that uh, they're doing cutbacks or something, um, you need to get some professional help. And you need to sit down and talk with someone, first of all, that's a fiduciary, that's working in your best interest. Uh, the second thing that you need to do is to have a very, very candid talk about what your expectations are, what your goals are, what does your lifestyle look like? What do you want it to look like? And then the advisor needs to have a lengthy conversation with you about <clears throat> the reality of your expectations, what can retirement look like for you, and then and only then should you be discussing any sort of retirement plan. We want to get to know you first, and then we'll worry about plans and products 
on the backside. All right. It's 866-203-7486. No cost, no obligation. Sit down with Sam, Andy, or Luke at uh, Dual Financial Strategies to get that retirement lifestyle review and uh, review what uh, you will have in store in your retirement so you can retire with confidence. And that is the key. And uh, as Sam said, they're fiduciaries. You come first before they do. And they're the advisors that can help you to and through retirement. So it's 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. Anywhere you're listening to us in the Fox Valley, uh, that's uh, the place uh, that uh, will give you the best advice. It's uh, Dual Financial Strategies, 866-203-7486. All right, what's coming up in the next segment, Sam? Well, planning for income and retirement is the key to success. How do we begin and what do we do first? When we come back, Will outlines questions you should answer as you begin that all-important retirement and income plan. We're back for Dual Financial Strategies on your retirement. And I'm Chuck Caton sitting in once again with Sam Dual of Dual Financial Strategies. Andy Schooler is with us, and so is Luke Van Abel. And remember, it's 866-203-7486. To get that no-cost, no-obligation assessment of your retirement, you sit down with them. They will construct a plan for you. Because planning for retirement income, while it's not rocket science, It's pretty complex nonetheless. For example, we've got a list of questions uh, that a comprehensive plan will address. And I think Sam's going to address most of these here. I'm going to ask the question. You're going to provide the answer, Sam. When do you and your spouse claim Social Security if you have it already? I think we touched on that in the last segment. Yeah, we did touch on that. If you missed it, basically Social Security decisions should not be made in a vacuum. They should be made within the context of everything else that's happening in your retirement. Social Security is a guaranteed income source, which is a wonderful thing. It has attached to it something called a cost of living adjustment. So all of those things are good. However, making a decision about Social Security from an emotional viewpoint is a very bad mistake. Making a decision about Social Security based upon some Social Security optimization program that you saw on the internet or that a financial advisor ran for you also could be a very, very bad mistake because these things do not take into account the length of time that you will live. So the data that comes from those types of uh, software programs is inherently flawed because it does not have good data going in. But Social Security is going to be critical for you, but make sure that you're having a conversation with your advisor around all of the other assets and all of the other sources of income that you have in addition to Social Security. All right, what's your budget, including taxes? This is another question you should ask, and how will it grow or decline in the future, depending on your lifestyle? Well, your budget is definitely going to change as you are changing your lifestyle. So there are things that are going to be more expensive. Going into retirement, most people are going to probably spend a little bit more. You feel good. You want to go play golf. You want to travel. You want to do the things that you haven't necessarily been able to do to the extent that you 
have wanted while you're working. Um, so that can definitely change. But looking at taxes is probably one of the things that we feel like is the most under looked at in retirement planning. And so how can we control some of those things? And the sooner that you get a grip on your taxes and what you're doing with your money um, or how you're saving your money, that can make a huge difference as you go into retirement. So will it grow or will it decline in the future is definitely something that we have to take a look at. What does your lifestyle look like? Is there any health issues at this point in time that have to be addressed as far as spending or what type of Medicare planning you're looking at? Um, Or just flat out, are you saving extensively for the ancillary costs that are not covered by Medicare? So those kind of things do need to come into play. And so that's just part of the process of looking at how much does your lifestyle actually cost you? Yeah, absolutely. Planning for retirement income. Another question you should ask yourself is what's your plans for any legacy uh, you want to leave for kids or grandkids? Yeah, that's a great question that needs to be addressed because every family and every individual has a different scenario here. Um, and from a legacy standpoint, maybe you don't have kids. Then what do you do? We're, I mean, those are some of the most challenging discussions because, you know, does it go to the nieces or nephews? Does it go somewhere else? But prioritizing, you know, is there an amount that you want to go to your children? Is it the rest of what you have? Um These are great things to start thinking about and planning for as you go in so that the right tools, the right pieces can be in place to address this. And if you're saying, hey, we've set the kids up, we paid for private education or we, you know, we've gifted them some money or we've helped them get where they are now and they're making more than we are, then you know, maybe the goal is to spend most of what you have. And that's fine, too. Absolutely. All right, Sam, what do you do with your 401k? This is something that people have to do. You've got that balance. You also are, when you reach 72, have uh, required minimum distributions to uh, consider and also consider converting over any IRAs to Roth IRAs. All of these things have to be taken into consideration, too, uh, in retirement, especially if you're getting into your early 70s. Yeah, that's the first thing you have to decide. What are you going to do with the 401k? Do you leave it where it is? Do you roll it over? All of those sorts of things have to come into play. What type of an instrument do you use if you're going to roll it over? Do you need to set it up so that it's for a guaranteed income source? Are you setting it up to defer it, to use it later? These are all very relevant questions. And that, of course, goes along with what is your uh, risk tolerance? What are you able to withstand? Things of that nature. And then, yes, should you be converting to a Roth IRA? That's a very simple equation, actually. People put an awful lot of time, effort, and energy into that. And that all depends upon what your tax bracket is currently. Does it make sense for you to convert to a Roth IRA? And secondly, what is your expected tax brackets in the future? So all of these things have to be made within the context of all of the different aspects of your retirement and not just singularly. Questions you should be asking yourself if you're planning for retirement income with Sam, Andy, and Luke. And Andy, um, I guess another one is, should you invest uh, personal after-tax savings in high-dividend stocks? Great question. Um, I'm not entirely sure because I don't know your total yeah, situation. Right. Yeah. So that's it's a little bit hard to say, yes, you should absolutely. Or knowing what your risk tolerance is. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, from a dividend producing, going into retirement, needing income, that can certainly be an option. But there are other options that might be a better fit for you. So those are things to determine and talk about when we sit down and go through your finances. Absolutely. Well, in today's world, too, CDs are paying very yeah. high rates. Uh, guaranteed fixed income annuities are yep. paying very high rates. So the one thing to remember about dividend paying stocks is that, yes, it's paying a three or 4% dividend, which is a wonderful source of income, but it can also drop 30% too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you have to, you, 
you have you to balance you that. You don't get just the cream. you got to take both sides of that equation. Right. So, Luke, what do you do with your uh, home equity? Uh, you've got uh, people that uh, say your house is worth X plus, 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 but they're paying down the mortgage, drawdown values. So what do you do there? So I think you have to look at your, your statement, assuming you still have a mortgage left, and see what interest rate you're at. Um, many of you have had rates and mortgages out there for a long, long time. And if you're looking at a rate that's pretty reasonable, um, you know, and by reasonable, I mean under four and a half percent, five percent. I mean, you are in pretty low territory. Yep. The, the question you have to ask yourself is in the next year, three, five, ten, do you think you can earn more than, you know, three, four percent? somewhere else um now if you're taking out a mortgage in the last you know six months we might be having a different discussion but for the vast majority of our listeners what is the rate that you're paying and for most of you you bought on sale you bought at a really low rate and the um inflation protected um strategy involved in a mortgage is is fantastic i mean you know you're locking in a low interest rate for the next 15 or 30 years folks that's really powerful Sam, another question is, uh, what about other sources of income? I know people like to still work part-time after they, uh, quote-unquote, retired or, uh, you know, are looking for things like uh, maybe being a consultant and getting fees, et cetera. Yeah, it's a, it's a question you have to ask yourself because that is a part of uh, the cash flow coming into the house. And you notice we're talking over and over and over again about income. That's what retirement is about. Retirement is about income. You have to take this great big pot of money that you've saved up and you have to turn that into an income source and preferably a guaranteed income source. So where is your guaranteed income coming from? Is it coming from Social Security? Uh, is it coming from your savings? Where is this money coming from and how are you going to supplement or meet your retirement lifestyle budget while you are still remaining in the lifestyle you want to be in? And again, I hate to harp on this, Andy, but uh, long-term care, a portion of our listenership will need that uh, or expanded health care insurance coverage. You've got to cover yourself there when you're not working. Well, absolutely. The stats are the stats. Seven out of 10 people are going to need some sort of long-term care help. So what does that mean to you? I don't know, but it's definitely something that we should probably consider and probably plan for. And it doesn't mean using just straight traditional long-term care plans, which we often sort of look at and go, it's a bit like pouring sand down a rat hole because they will forever charge you a premium. They can raise those premiums if it's traditional long-term care. Um, And from a standpoint of you, you have very little control over those things. And and that's not something that going into long-term or going into retirement rather that you don't want to have control over everything. So we do get a little bit more um, picky, I should say, about what uh, plans that we're using so that you can have certainty that your expenses aren't going to go crazy and go out of whack. I mean, that's the the biggest thing that we want to combat, of course, is maintaining control of your expenses, maintaining control of your taxes, maintaining control of your health care so that you have the most options that you can possibly have. And that's where it gets a little bit challenging. So, Luke, it's all about the income, isn't it? It is all about the income. Um, it's less about net worth now, and it's more about generating guaranteed income streams so that you don't run out of money in retirement. All right. So, Sam, what can you help our listeners with to achieve some of those goals? 
Well, the first thing they got to do is just sit down and get to know you, find out who you are. That's what that retirement lifestyle review is all about. Uh, and just see what sort of income needs do you have? What is your personality? What are your risk tolerance levels? Uh, take a look at a plan that can turn that retirement uh, nest egg that you've you've uh, you've accumulated into an income source. Uh, examine all of the different uh, scenarios, the products, the offerings that might help you find lifelong income. Uh, and then once you implement a plan, recognizing that you can and probably will need to make adjustments to your plan along the way. So you don't want to be just completely tied down with every dollar that you have. You need to have some flexibility there for change because that is the one constant is that change is going to happen. Absolutely. And that's where dual financial strategy come in, ladies and gentlemen. It's 866-203-7486. It's all about a lifestyle review, a retirement lifestyle review uh, that the folks who have over a score of years of experience at dual financial strategies can provide for you. Let Sam, Andy, or Luke uh, inspect your situation and uh, give you the consultation at no cost, no obligation that you deserve to have here in the Fox Valley. Once again, to reach Dual Financial Strategies to talk about your retirement, it's 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. And uh, you'll do well because uh, they'll do good by you as fiduciaries do. Sam, we've got to take a break. What's coming up in the next segment? The closer we get to retirement, the more we need to make sure our plan is helping to keep our money safe. When we come back, some ideas and strategies that could help us do just that. And we are back on Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton. Dual Financial Strategies is the place uh, that can give you uh, well, the best consultation here as fiduciaries uh, anywhere in the Fox Valley from Green Bay to Appleton. 866-203-7486 is the number. Remember, it's always at no cost, no obligation to sit down with them and get a roadmap for your retirement. So now let's break down how uh, you can help make sure that your retirement savings are mostly safe no matter what happens. And, of course, uh, you know, there's nothing uh, certain, as we say, Sam, but death and taxes, but mostly safe, I'll take that. And uh, so um, you can probably help people carefully select investments, can't you? Yeah, that's one of the first things you want to look at. You know, the first things you have to figure out is what is your risk tolerance? And then carefully selecting investments to match that. You know, that's take your 401k for instance those those plans they vary uh, based on investments you may select within the account and most 401k plans have a fairly short list of investment options most all of them will expose you to the volatility of the stock market or the bond market so you could make some big returns inside of something like that but you could also take some significant losses there are 401k plans that offer more conservative investment selections but the one thing i do want to make sure that you understand especially in context of the 2022 that we have just come through. 2022 demonstrated to us that the age-old myth that bonds are safe is just that. It's a myth. It's always been a myth. It's never been true. But it's been sold to the consumer forever and a day that if you want to be more conservative, if you want to have less exposure to risk, you should have bonds. Folks, we just went through a year where you saw your conservative bond investments in some cases fall as much as you saw your market investments fall. 
this can happen. So you have to get the word conservative clearly defined and then carefully select your investments around the reality of what is and what is not truly conservative. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. And so, uh, Andy, how about uh, volatility? Decrease by diversifying. What do you think about that? Well, so I think the word diversification gets a lot of usage, um, but it's never really clarified. So our definition of diversification would be diversification through different asset classes as opposed to differ, you know, diversification between funds, right? We see that all the time. Oh, I'm really diversified. Except for when you put that on a, a matrix, you can see that most people are not actually diversified. They have tons of the same thing doing the same thing, but just with different names on it. I, I can't tell you how many times we've looked at portfolios that are, you know, almost exclusively mutual funds, where they have a ton of mutual funds in their portfolio, except they're almost all correlated the same way. So if the large cap is the large cap, well, guess what? If the large cap goes down, you're going to go down in a lot of areas. So it's sort of the illusion of diversification. So we actually look at it and say, what kind of different asset classes can we actually utilize that are going to truly diversify your money and give you clarity in what can be confusing and how do we stop some of those um, ups and downs in different directions so that you can have some certainty going into retirement. I think of diversification like this, too, sometimes, where you're going to go to the supermarket. We have uh, well, several different uh, markets uh, here called Lowe's Foods, Harris Teeter, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, Food Lion. And I've gone into each of those places. I bought the same thing at each of those places, but I thought I was diversifying by shopping at three different places. But that's exactly kind of what we're talking about here. If you're buying the same product yep. from three different places, you're not diversifying. You may be going to different stores, as you say, to buy them, but uh, that's not diversification. And we're talking about uh, uh, things that can make your retirement savings mostly safe. And uh, we've talked about uh, carefully selecting investments, uh, decreasing volatility by diversify, by true diversification. But Luke, I know Sam just talked about this as well. And I know you guys are big on this is knowing your risk level, because that is ultimately the key to being successful. You've got to be comfortable with what you're investing in. Right. And if you're looking to decrease your volatility, if you're looking to select the right investments for you, well, first you have to understand how much risk are you comfortable taking? And I know you take these assessments, you know, maybe within your 401k or when you're talking to other advisors, but if you haven't taken a risk assessment in the last 11 and a half months of 2022, it's a time to take another one to get a better understanding of what are you ultimately comfortable with from a risk standpoint so that from there that can drive and help um, paint the picture for the types of tools that you should use to help decrease the volatility for your retirement years to make sure that you're positioned properly. All right. And you could talk a little bit, Luke, about what you have on your website, uh, the Riskalyzer, right? Uh, let's inform uh, some of our listeners about that. Yeah, if you go to Dual Strategies, D-U-E-L-L strategies.com, up in the top you'll see what's your risk number. 
You're just going to click on that. It's going to open up a risk assessment that'll take you three or four minutes to walk through. And everyone's unique. We don't know what you're going to be. Just because you're 67 years old doesn't mean that you're automatically going to fall into this category. So go to the website, take a look, and complete that three to four minute risk assessment um, first. All right. Uh, that is very good advice. 866-203-7486 is the number. Uh, if we are piquing your interest on how to make sure your retirement savings are mostly safe here on Dual Financial Strategies on your retirement uh, each and every week, that 866-203-7486 number is the way to go to get that assessment at no cost, no obligation. All right. What do you think, Sam, about shifting to more conservative investments over time as uh, being a way that uh, uh, you can uh, maybe safealize. I'm going to put a new term here. You talk about riskalize, safealize your investment. Yeah, you just want to have every advantage that you can. And as I mentioned earlier, I talked uh, you know at length about uh, you have to define the word conservative. What does conservative mean to you? Um, conservative to us would typically mean you know the absence of ability to lose money. All right, or the uh, the 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 absence of losing significant amounts of money. And many of you found out that that believe that you are conservative investors. You found out over the last year here that um, all of those bonds that you held were in fact not conservative. Uh, that you lost significant amounts of money inside of those investments. Uh, so you have to look at what are truly conservative investments. You know, things like, uh, you know, bank offerings, CDs, those are conservative investment. Uh, insurance company offerings, fixed annuities, that's conservative. Fixed indexed annuities, that's conservative. Cash obviously is conservative, but it's kind of hard to make any money on cash right now. Uh, those are all considered conservative investments. Treasuries, U.S. Treasuries could be considered conservative. Um, but you start getting into things like corporate bonds, municipal bonds, foreign bonds, all of those sorts of things. Those are traditionally eyed as conservative, but not necessarily so depending upon market and economic conditions. As a matter of fact, folks, the true bond market uh, has been in a slow and steady decline for the last 25 years. Uh, it's not been mm -hmm. a robust market uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. uh, mostly what's held on in the bond market now continues to be a myth. So if you're going to go conservative, go conservative. I always use the analogy of golf. It's like, look, if a player is going to lay up on a hole when you're playing golf, you take the most reasonable club that you can to get yourself out of trouble and get yourself back into play. You do not go for the green. So conservative is the same thing. If you're going to lay up and be conservative, then be truly conservative. You have just described my golf game, Mr. Duell. There you go. Describe most people's <laughs> golf games. <laughs> All right. Uh, consider delaying playing golf. Oh, excuse me. Uh, consider delaying retirement. Right, Andy? And the goal is not to delay golf. That's where fun is. Well, I guess well, it depends on the day you're having. How do you play in the snow up there anyway? It, yeah, the balls get lost. It becomes yeah. a little more challenging. We come down to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it depends on, you know, what what you're looking for, what you need help with, where your timeline is. Everybody is different again. So while early retirement can sound nice, um, it can also be put you at risk for running out of money and and I don't know what your situation looks like but that's certainly a, a I think people today fear running out of money far more than they actually do dying now so that's something to consider um and the other thing too is from a social standpoint or a time standpoint I don't remember where we were we were talking to an individual oh it was a um 
a driver, like an Uber driver. And they were saying that they did retirement for a couple of months and then they got bored out of their mind. And so now they drive because it's something to do and, you know, talk to nice people and get out of the house, make a little extra change. Um, And that can certainly offset your costs. If your Social Security isn't quite cutting it, you know, taking a part-time gig, that's a pretty easy um good job they're out there and let me tell you employers are looking for reliable responsible people that they can hire so from that standpoint um you know i don't necessarily think work is a bad thing but it can be incredibly helpful to maintaining your retirement the lifestyle you want i mean you can get a a golf job if you enjoy golfing and then right. you're there and probably get some free games out of the deal. I know my dad does that. So there's definitely options to consider that aren't like the J-O-B bad word, but could be fun and also create some um, social connections as well as give you a little extra cash. Absolutely. Well, that's right. You can be a ranger or an islander, one of the two. So Sam, uh, protecting uh, retirement savings is right up your alley. It's what we do. It's what we've done for uh, you know well over twenty years now, Chuck. And the the key there is retirement. That's that's all we've ever done is focus on retirement. We are not we're not for everyone. We've never tried to be for everyone. We are not a jack of all trades. Um, we do not take everyone that walks in the front door or everyone that calls us. You have to qualify. Um, we just it's just something that we've always done and because we have focused so specifically in that area for those of you with significant means you have found that we are very attractive to you because we are not all over the board we're not trying to please everyone that comes down the pipe uh, we are looking for a very select number of people we're looking for a very select group of people to work with uh, that know and understand the challenges going into retirement and are looking for a team of professionals who have dedicated their careers to working with retirees and pre-retirees to get you to and through the retirement that you deserve. Absolutely. And the way to uh, reach Sam and your Luke at Dual Financial Strategies is simple. Call this toll-free number 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486 to get that retirement lifestyle review for you. They'll sit down, uh, assess your uh, portfolio. And uh, again, if you've got fears of running out of money in retirement, they can assuage those fears with some good common sense planning. So once again, it's 866-203-7486 to reach Sam and your Luke at Dual Financial Strategies. Fast moving show. We've got questions and answers coming up next, don't we, Sam? Yep. And when we come back, we're going to try to give some answers. Good stuff right after this. We're back on Dual Financial Strategies, your retirement program. And again, season's greetings to all of you. Uh, from Sam uh, Duell, Andy Schooler, and Luke Van Abel, and me, Chuck Caton. Thank you very much for listening each and every week here in the Fox Valley. 866-203-7486 is the number. That's 866-203-7486. And uh, now it's time for Sam, Andy, and Luke to tackle some of our listener questions. So, Sam, are you ready to go? You're going to kick us off. Yeah, ready to roll. Let's go. Axel's in Appleton. 
All right, double A right here. In two years, he says, uh, my wife and I will be 67, and I'll be qualified to receive full Social Security benefits. Now, we've got IRA accounts with a combined value of over a million dollars. So how can my wife and I reduce income tax when we start to withdraw from these IRA accounts during our retirement years? Hi, Axel. Um, That's a good question, and that's actually one that we get quite a lot from people. And it kind of goes to what I was discussing earlier in the show today where I talked about how the decision to take Social Security has to be made within the context of what is the value of your other taxable assets. The uh, million-plus dollars that you and your wife have in your IRAs, that is fully taxable unless they're Roths. You didn't designate that they were Roths. I'm assuming they're not. Uh, So every dime of the money that comes out of those accounts, Axel, is going to be taxable to you at ordinary income levels. There's no way to avoid that unless you get to required minimum distribution age and you give those away via a mechanism that we can explain to you where you can give that directly to a charity without taxable consequence to you. But for most people, that's going to be a fully taxable event. I'm saying that because uh, Social Security is also a taxable event. Depending upon what your income levels are, you're either going to pay taxes on probably half of your Social Security income or 85% of it. So the question is, will taking Social Security at this point at 67, is it going to add significantly to your um, tax consequences if you're also withdrawing from an IRA? Because remember, at 72, you've got to start taking money out of those IRAs. So what we would want to do is just run some numbers and see, does it make more sense for you to start drawing down your IRA balances now, knowing at age 72 that that's going to become a fully taxable event for you, or do you want to supplement with Social Security? The one thing that we always tell people on Social Security, the first thing to consider on Social Security is this. Do you need the money at this point in your retirement? If the answer to that question is no, then we probably want to start looking at strategies involving delaying taking Social Security and spending down some of those IRA balances that you've accrued. All right. Very good advice there. And remember, it's 866-203-7486 to get that kind of advice, fiduciary advice from dual financial strategies from Sam, Andy, or Luke. All right, Andy, Jonathan in Green Bay wants to know, he says, I'm not going to lie, I don't know a lot about taxes and 401ks, Uh, just learning as I listen. So I'm struggling really to understand the advantage of how uh, does it help me if I still need to pay taxes when I withdraw money later. Uh, Is there a strategy to this? I think Sam just touched on this, but maybe you can amplify on it, Andy. Yeah, great question, Jonathan. So from a standpoint of if you have an option to do a Roth IRA at your job, then you're probably better off to put money or funnel the money that you've been saving into that option as opposed to a traditional 401k. Um, Now, I say that not knowing your age um, and not knowing the rest of your situation. But yeah, I agree with you. If if you're saving money to delay it, to turn it on later when you've got a bigger pot of money and there's going to be taxes collected at that point in time, Well, you've signed yourself up for a deal with the IRS because they're happy to take that money off of your hands in partnership because that's the deal of a traditional IRA. So if there's there's an option for a Roth, that might be something to consider. If you are within a year or two of 
retiring possibly, um, we may just need to look at your total situation um, because how much legitimately can you save in a Roth? Is it going to offset things that much? I don't know. So that's a, it's a great question to sit down and kind of go over in more detail um, to just figure out what and how it will affect you. Very interesting, yeah, because Uncle Sam's minions are those IRS employees, and uh, like you say, uh, Andy, they are happy to take your cash. Absolutely. Yeah. Menashe's Fred wants to know from you, Luke, uh, when you withdraw monies from a 401k, pay the taxes, and then reinvest the balance into a Roth 401k, is there a waiting period of five years before uh, the profit is tax-free? That's question number one. Question number two is also, if you do this yearly, must each conversion amount uh, be held for five years? Or once the Roth 401k is open, uh, is it uh, only one five-year period? Hello, Fred. Great question. Roth conversions get a lot of uh, traction. We get a lot of questions on them, especially at the end of the year, uh, because this is the time that people are planning for them. When it comes to making a conversion, moving money from traditional to Roth, we have to make a distinction between is this a conversion like you're talking about or is this new money where you've contributed contributed it to a Roth 401k or an IRA? And what you're specifically asking here is about the conversion. So with a conversion, you have a five-year wait period before you can access that money, uh, both the contributions and the growth of that money. And it is a rolling five-year period. So if you convert money two years from now from Roth or from traditional to Roth, now we've got to wait an additional five years. That rule is very different if this is new money that you've contributed on your own to the Roth um, and not made the conversion. Then two days later, after you've made that contribution, you can ask access your contribution. So is it new money? Or is it existing IRA money or 401k money that's making the transition via the conversion? That's ultimately what's going to determine um, what the rule is. So I hope that makes sense. And, um, you know, this is something that you should plan for. So reach out, ask somebody, get some second opinions on whether this Roth conversion makes sense for you, your tax situation with these five-year parameters in the back of the, your mind. And I think that a lot of people have to uh, realize that they cannot make Roth contributions unless they are still employed and making at least that amount of money. And I think, what is it, up to $7,500 in 2023 that they can put in now? It uh, is. Maximum yep. uh, per person. So you could do it for your spouse as well, as long as you're employed. So uh, there's going to be a point to which where, when you retire, you're not going to be able to make contributions anymore, but those conversions can certainly be made for right. Roth. Uh, right, uh, Luke? Yeah. Right. Yeah, employed or having business income of some kind. Gotcha. All right. Final question comes from uh, Rhonda in De Pere, Sam. And uh, Rhonda wants to know, what's your opinion of uh, all the robo-advisors stuff they've been hearing about? Uh, is uh, AI uh, taking over? That's Arthur Isidore. Is he taking over for retirement? Or is it Angela Isabella? <laughs> Should I look into it or not? Artificial art artificial, intelligence. Yes, yeah, that's artificial good. intelligence. There you go. You know, we're, we're actually neutral on the robo-advisors. It's, it's very interesting to me uh, that um, basically two years ago, when the markets were really hot, right, um, 
robo-advisors were all the rage. Everybody was going to, well, not everybody, but uh, a good number of people, particularly younger people, uh, were going to robo-advisors. Um, it wasn't all that tough. You know, a blindfolded monkey could make money doing those time frames. It, it, there wasn't any real challenge to making money. You could throw a dart at a dartboard and make money. <laughs> um, but it's very interesting in 2022, the silence surrounding the use of robo-advisors is deafening. Um, no one's talking about it. The robo-advisors aren't talking about it. Uh, platforms like Acorn, Betterment, uh, they've not done particularly well. Um, because what we find is that money, especially money for those of you that are a little older, that it is a very emotional thing for you. It's something you're very personally and closely tied to. And we're finding that those of you in that scenario want a human being involved. You want to have a person to talk to. And because of the way that we function in the retirement world and because we take so many things into consideration, we do tend to deal with those of you who have amassed more significant amounts of money. In many cases, you've saved $500,000 or more when you come to see us. It's not just about picking out a couple of mutual funds or a few stocks or trying to you know do something in, uh, in cryptocurrency. It's much more deep and much more broad than that because we've got to talk about social security we have to talk about health care we have to talk about medicare we have to talk about long-term care we have to talk about taxes we have to talk about income none of those things are you going to get from a robo advisor that's interesting but what's even more interesting is what uh, dual financial strategies can do for you right sam well it's kind of what we were talking about you know it, it's if you're looking for a personal experience, that's what we do. It, it's all about a relationship. It's about a personal experience. It's about us being a fit for you. It's about you being a fit for us. Uh, it's about seeking out someone who has over two decades of experience in the business. It's about talking to someone who's been there and done that. You know, These things that are happening today, they're not new. They've all happened before. And guess what? They're going to happen again. So you need to have experience on your side. You need to have someone guiding you that knows and understands. And we find that in a lot of cases, people just want that human interaction. That's what we are. We're the human interaction who has many, many, many years of experience doing exactly what it is that you want and need to have done. And we find that that is where the relationship begins. And that's what strengthens a relationship with all of you who choose dual financial strategies. Absolutely. And dual financial strategies can be reached anywhere in the Fox Valley from Green Bay to Appleton. They've got offices there. 866-203-7486 is the number. And remember that your consultation with Sam and your Luke comes at no cost, no obligation. We you listen to this show and you make that appointment, they are going to talk to you at no cost, no obligation to get an idea and uh, give you the, um, the uh, tools of the retirement lifestyle review that they can perform for you. And if you're a nice little boy or girl, said uh, Santa Claus Caton here, uh, Sam may give you the second printing of his book, Dual, uh, Sam Duell's book of uh, Purpose Determines Placement. That's a very uh, interesting uh, publication that Sam wrote, and um, it, it means what it says. Uh, 
purpose determines placement. What's the purpose of the money? That's where you place it, in investments, in retirement. 866-203-7486 is the number. Give them a call. Don't procrastinate and uh, make dual financial strategies uh, with over uh, two decades of experience, as Sam said, uh, your financial advisors. Sam, Andy, and Luke, that's been a wonderful show. And again, season's greetings to all of you. And uh, Sam, your final thoughts. Uh, Another great show. We thanks so much for tuning in. Glad you were all here. And we'll see you here again, same time, same place next week. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.